0: or connecting with people through Life Groups and Pocket Churches. To learn how to get connected and find your pocket, please go to LifeChurchGreenBay.com. Again, so glad you're here with us today. Here's this week's message.
1: Hi, church. Open your Bibles to the book of 3 John. If you don't have a traditional Bible available to you, you could actually open up the YouVersion app. What's called the Bible app, and all the notes and all the scripture have been already uploaded for you. Wherever you're watching from, I am so glad you're here as we're continuing our series, Postcards from Heaven. And I'm so glad to be here with you today. And honestly, I'm really glad that I've been your kids' pastor over this past year. I love doing it, and I love the team I get to be with. It's actually been one of the best things for me to come out of this pandemic. Speaking of kids and postcards, I actually love that we send out postcards that look just like this for every first-time visitor. We've actually been doing this for years, but this year I actually added something to the back that says, bring this card to Kidtopia for 10 points. Kidtopia is actually a room where your kids can get a prize for um, telling us the memory verse, the big answer, and bringing their Bible. And we've been doing this since January. And since January, we've sent out about 30 cards. But we've only had about five cards come back. So I remember I saw a new student on her return to kids. And I asked her if she brought her thank you card back. And she was a little confused. Once I explained why, meaning that, you know, on the back, it said she can get 10 points for just bringing the card back. She was bummed. And she told me I didn't see that when I read it. So let me ask you, have you ever done that? Have you ever underread something? Like maybe you glanced at a sign that told you to go one way, but you accidentally went the other way. Or maybe you read bad news as good news, or good news as bad news. Like I remember the week before Christmas, my friend Tyler gave me one of the best gifts I've ever received, and he revealed what it was in a Christmas card. But instead of really reading it, I remember I kind of glanced at it. I interpreted it as a nice Christmas card. And then I said, Thank you. I closed up the card and I walked away. My friend Tyler actually had to grab me and say, I think you should really read that again. And then after really reading it this time, I saw that he got me more than just a nice Christmas card. As we're in this series, Postcards from Heaven, I think we could do the same thing with these small books of the Bible. I mean, they're small, they're one chapter, they're probably, you could probably get through them in five minutes or so. So I think it's easy for us to just read them and check them off the list. Even like Pastor said, it could be one of the first books that you read to just get done. And I'm going to be honest, in my over 20 years of being a Jesus person, I never really dived into 3 John like I did for this message. So I'm glad I took our pastor's advice and I read beyond the surface level. So I'm excited to introduce a message I'm calling, A Postcard to a Great Friend. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to speak your word. And Jesus, I pray that people would be encouraged as they hear the word, Lord, to live it out and allow it to be a part of their lives. Be with us in this time, in Jesus' name, amen. So the book of 3 John is written by the Apostle John, and it's only 14 verses long, and it's a letter that he writes to a man named Gaius. 3 John is like a nice thank you card. John is thankful for Gaius because he's always opened his home for other believers, especially traveling teachers and missionaries. And we see that he had a habit for friendship and generosity in verse 5, where it says, Dear friend, You are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters. You are faithful even though they are strangers to you. And then we're given the opposite example in a man named Diotrephes. Diotrephes is not welcoming. In fact, we read that when teachers came, he would kick them out. And John says we actually, he needs to confront him because of his pride and his malicious gossiping. Then we get to verse 11. And this is where I feel a lot of this book rests on. And it's where John tells Gaius, Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God, and anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. The Greek word for imitate is the word me menomai, which means to follow the example. It's actually where we get the word mimic. Were you ever a mimicker? I feel like a lot of younger siblings were the mimickers because I mean, that's all the ammo they had. They're too young to be trash talkers, but they knew if they could just repeat what you said, especially in that high pitched sound. No, you stop. No, you did it. No, uh I mean, that's all they needed to get underneath your skin and win. So John is saying we need to follow that. We need to mimic what is good. So the question is, are you surrounding yourself with people who model the goodness of God? Here's another question. Are you positioning yourselves to be in a community of people who imitate the goodness of God? Just like we shouldn't skip small books of the Bible, I don't think we should skip small gatherings either. Especially when it comes to maturing your faith. We see this in the early church that community was huge. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it says, Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who are being saved. Now, I don't want you to get distracted by the word every day because meeting every day wasn't a requirement. But it was a byproduct of being in community. They loved being around each other. They had no problem meeting every day because to them, this was their family. And it started with a meeting that they had one thing in common, that they wanted to grow more in Jesus. And then it said the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved, meaning their community attracted others who eventually gave their life to Jesus. Church should not be filled with cliques. It should be filled with communities. It should be a place where people are growing together and finding people who would benefit from being in the community. What we read in 3 John is a result of this, that John is writing to Gaius to encourage him to continue welcoming believers into his home and into his life. And I believe this is what God is wanting for us too. He's wanting us to strive for community with other believers. He's wanting us to continue to put ourselves in a place where we imitate the goodness that comes from him. So if you're taking notes, I want to give you three reasons why we should strive for community. Here's number one. Community strengthens your Jesus journey. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let's not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. When you're community with other believers, and that's the mindset to motivate or to encourage one another in love, then you are positioning yourself to be strengthened by others in their Jesus journey. And Jesus journey is just really taking you from where you are to where Jesus wants you to be. But here's what's great about that. As you're doing that, as you're strengthening other believers, you're actually positioning yourself to be strengthened by others at the same time. That a community of believers will want to see how you're doing. They'll want to pray with you and believe with you. They'll want to talk about how you're doing and, and, and tell you about a, de- a devo they're doing. Or maybe suggest a book that they love or a scripture that they're loving. They'll want to watch your kids. So you can go on that date that you haven't been on in a while. Other believers want what's best for you because the best you is good for the kingdom. The best you loves to be Jesus with skin on, meaning you just want to be like Jesus everywhere you go. The best you love not just to read the word, but allows the word to be living and active in their life. The best you doesn't just sing worship songs, but worships and praises God whenever you can. The best you isn't trying to be a good person, but a person who has surrendered all to God. The best you is good for the kingdom because the best you reflects the kingdom. Here's number two. Community can help connect the dots. I've seen and heard so many great stories that happened because people position themselves in a community of believers. I've heard stories of people who got out of financial debt, because of the advice they got of others and what they did that helped them. I've heard people get healthier because they found people who helped connect the dots on different ways to see health and fitness. I've heard people even leave the worst job and go to an even better job because they heard another believer uh, story and were able to connect those dots and even lead to an interview. In community, you get to hear how people parent, how people date, how people deal with conflict. I mean, you even get to hear how people cook, which is awesome. And I can tell you, I'm a better husband because I'm around good husbands. I'm a better father because I'm around great fathers. I saw things and heard things in community that helped me connect those dots and really helped me be a better man. I've also seen it when it comes to doubts and confusion and frustration in our faith. That other believers in their community just help connect those dots. Like when you just don't get why things are going the way they are. Sometimes it's just as easy as hearing someone explain what helped them with their doubts and confusion. Or it just makes sense to you. Or maybe you hear a story that encourages you to connect the dots from where you are to where you want to be in your faith and in your life. Look at God moments can come out of simple conversation with people in your community. Because community can help connect those dots that you need connecting. Here's number three. Community can bring freedom and healing. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. There's nothing better than asking a group of believers that care about you to pray for you. I mean, watch out. It's gonna get good. But I also love that it says to confess your sins to each other. That there's healing in that also. Because number one, you're gonna find out that you're not alone. That what you're struggling with, other people are struggling with. And number two, you're gonna find that there will be people who want to help you get freedom from this. I love this because when I did this, just confessing to others was so freeing. But having that accountability was even better. Again, the best you is good for the kingdom. So where do we find community? Because honestly, community has to be more than just a 10-minute conversation you have with someone in the lobby. So here are some places that I have found community and where community works really great. The first place I found was life groups. I've met some of my best friends in life groups. And you may go into a life group wanting to just focus on you, focus on the content, But life groups are made for community. They're made for you to communicate with others. So you'll find that it wasn't just that content, but the words and the thoughts of others that helped you grow and mature. Life groups are great because life groups are a great place to find community. Another great place is pockets. For me, this is where friends became family, just like the Olive Garden. I don't know why I said that. Joining a pocket during the pandemic was honestly life-changing for me. And even though I've gone back into the the peer building, my wife Shelby and I are still making pocket happen for us in different ways. Because again, these are people who became like a family to us. And for us who were our families actually not here in Wisconsin, I'm so glad that I have my church family that I ha- I really found in a pocket. And what's even great is in our current climate, you can find, actually, virtual community through virtual life groups and virtual pockets. So really, there's community for everyone, even in the season we're in. Here's another example. Serving. Pastor Steve Wrigley used to say, You don't find people to get the job done. You find the job to get the people done. I didn't know what that meant for years. But what I found out is he was saying that um, serving will strengthen you. In your faith because you're surrounded by other people who have a similar desire and goal. This is honestly one of my favorite types of community because you're helping impact lives in this community. You'll find that when you're serving with others that you'll want to connect with that person. I mean, you have something in common. You're ministering together and you want to connect with maybe their family. And before you know it, that person can go from being a stranger to a friend to a brother and sister because you position yourself for that community. So again, these aren't all the end-all be-alls, they're just examples. Are you doing something else with other believers consistently? That's community. And John saw the benefits community had on Gaius. But he also saw the harm it caused on Diotrephes to really not be in community, which makes me wonder, Would Diotrephes be struggling with pride and gossiping if he would have not cut himself off from other believers and positioned himself in a community of believers? And Diotrephes wasn't a bad person. He was a believer, and he was a leader who the church felt was mature enough to lead a church. But something must have happened to cause him to cut himself off, and this was such an issue that we have a whole book that discusses it. What about you? Are you not seeing the best you because you're not striving for community? And I know for us, we could be too busy, too afraid, or too insecure to be a part of community through life groups and pockets or serving. But when it comes to growing and maturing in our faith and our relationship with Jesus, this shouldn't be skipped. Community wants the best you because the best you is good for the kingdom. Can I have you close your eyes? Salvation is accepting that Jesus came, lived a sinless life, died for our sins, rose again, and is welcoming him into your life. That's what salvation is. And if you're here and you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, Lord mean you want to make him the ruler of your life, and savior meaning you want to allow him to save you from your sins could you just say this prayer with me? Just say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Make me new. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that for the very first time, I am so excited for you that you're starting your Jesus journey. And we would love to follow up with you. So if you could just go to the link below and let us know that you chose to follow Jesus today, I would love to follow up with you and help you on your Jesus journey. Can I pray with you one more time? Maybe you're here and you're saying you are a Jesus person, but you're not surrounding yourself with a community of believers. And you want to get past the excuses. And you want to start surrounding yourself with other believers who want to see the best in you. that's you, can I pray with you? So Lord, I thank you for my friends. Lord, who know they need more than try to do this Jesus journey solo. So Lord, I pray for opportunities, Lord, for them to be in community with other believers. And Lord, I pray that not only would it strengthen them, but it would strengthen their entire family because they surround themselves to imitate others who do good for you. So Lord, I pray that we begin to see in this year The best of them come out, because the best of them is good for your kingdom. We thank you
0: again in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Did you know we have discussion questions for each message? You can download them and talk it over with your friends and family. Go to LifeChurchGreenBay.com to download today.